enjoyed the singing of praises to our Lord and the Psalms this or afternoon rather. Turn with me to Psalm 145. Psalm 145. I had a title for this evening. I would use David's Psalm of Praise. Fairly simple. I will extol thee, my God, O King, and I will bless thy name forever and ever. Every day I will bless thee and I will praise thy name forever and ever. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised and His greatness is unsearchable. How important it is to the child of God to study who God is as according to the Scriptures who He's revealed Himself to be. We study all sorts of things and I'm, I fear this evening that if you ask the common person that claims to know Christ and claims Him as Lord, you ask them who God is and they'll have a very short list. You ask them who their favorite celebrity is and it's a mile long. You ask them their favorite ball team. You ask them this, you ask them that. And they have such a long list, yet you ask them who God is and they say, well, He's the Creator well, He's love. Well, He's grace. Uh, he's angry at sin. You know, the very short list. And I know the Bible says His greatness is unsearchable, but it doesn't mean His greatness goes without the need to search. Man. It doesn't say that we should just, okay, let's throw up our hands and quit. We'll never know the depth of His goodness. Brethren, I would say on the opposite end that we must study who God is. If we are Christians, we ought to know our Lord. So it's important to study who he is. A little about this psalm. It's a psalm of David. He's authored 75 here by inspiration of God. 73, name him. Two more pointed out to be his through the New Testament. But at any rate, this is his psalm of praise. All the psalms he's written, this is the psalm of praise. I want to look at this in three points. Three points. Three things that we'll look at. Firstly, he examines the greatness of God. If we're going to praise God, first of all, we must start at the greatness of God. Who He is, His righteousness, His holiness, His incomprehensibility, His power, His glory, His eternality, His transcendence above His creation. But they don't leave it there. He doesn't leave it there. He goes on to the goodness of God. Where we see grace, compassion, patience, faithful love, a closeness to His people. Whereas we see how great He is and how unattainable and how unreachable, then we see in His mercy how He's condescended to us. And lastly, we'll close on His glorious kingdom. His glorious kingdom. Verse number 1, the Bible says, I will extol Thee, my God, O King. I'll bless Thy name forever and ever. Every day will I bless Thee, and I will praise Thy name forever and ever. I will extol thee, my God. What does extol mean? It means to praise enthusiastically, but more deeply it means to lift up high, to raise above all else. If there's one name that needs to be raised above all else, it is the name and the character and the attributes of our Lord who is the name above all names, Amen. who is the God above all false gods, above His creation. He says, I'll extol thee. He starts out declaring praise and honor and glory to God. Oh, but He does it in a humble way. He says, My God, 
O king, though David was a king, he was not the king of kings. And so we see here, if we're going to worship God in any sense, we must do it humbly. Not a same level approach, not as though we were on His level, not as though He needs anything from us, but that He is truly God and above all and above everything. And He says, I'll bless Thy name forever and ever. This word bless means to bend the knee, to humble yourself before Him, and to proclaim unto Him who He is and His greatness and His goodness to praise His character, to praise His attributes. How do you do that if you don't know who He is? How do you do that without reading the Scriptures and studying who He is? All that God is and has been and is and who He's revealed Himself to be is tied up within His name. They're inseparable. When we praise His name, we worship who He is. And he says, I will praise, bless thy name forever and ever. Again, he repeats, every day will I bless thee. And I will praise thy name forever and ever. Dear Christian, there is not a single day that we should not praise the Lord. This is the Sabbath day. This is the Lord's day. This is the day set apart for the corporate worship of our God. But each and every day are owed to God. And every day we ought to rise blessing Him and go to bed blessing Him and thanking Him. You say, friend, you don't know what I'm going through. Matters not. Praise the Lord. Friend, you don't know what situation I'm in. It matters not. Praise the Lord for who He is. Nowhere in here do we see that, oh, praise God as long as everything's going alright. Stay faithful as long as God has given you everything you've asked for. It doesn't say, praise God because the preacher shook your hand. No, we bless God because of who He is. And He never changes. He's worthy of praise every single day. We should be characterized as a people of consistent praise to our God. We should be characterized by the thoughts and the affection that we have towards our Lord. We should be characterized when someone sees us, there's that man that loves God. There's that person that sings His praises. Every day will I praise Thy name forever and ever. There's a great many things that we do consistently. Don't tell me we have a problem being consistent. We have a problem being consistent in the right things. Right. He said, I will praise Thy name forever and ever. There needs to be a consistent desire in the heart to wake up and praise the Lord. He is worthy. Great is our God and greatly to, His, to be praised. Great is the Lord. Great is Jehovah God. Great. Marvelous. Above us. Higher than the heavens. Higher than all men. Higher than all creation. Our God is great. And greatly to be praised. I fear that many times it is great as the Lord and weakly we praise Him. And I don't mean every week either. Great is the Lord, and every once in a while, if I get what I wanted, I praise the Lord. Great is the Lord, and if things are going all fine and dandy, then He's worthy of praise. No, great is the Lord, greatly to be praised. His greatness is unsearchable. My mind goes back to a story that uh, Steve Lawson had shared about this verse. He said that he felt as though it was like a child that went out to the beach, and he had a little inflatable raft. And he looked out and he saw the end of the horizon and he said, if I get in my raft, it won't take me very long to get over there. 
And of course he gets to his raft, he gets out in the water and he starts to go and the, the ocean carries him out into the middle of the ocean and before long it's getting further and further away but the shore is getting smaller and smaller and smaller until before he knows it he's in the middle of the ocean and he knows not north, south, east or west. So is the study of the Lord God. It starts out as though we think we've attained unto everything. It starts out, well, I know His attributes. I guess I've got it all figured out. And the further we study, friends, the less we find out we really knew And I stand before you trembling today, not because I've got stage fright, but because I am trusted to stand here and preach to you about God. And though I may preach for 30 minutes or whatever, I will just barely scratch the surface. Friend, take heed. If you think you really know it all, man, you had not even scratched the surface. You're not even in the raft yet. You're just sitting there contemplating who He is. And great is the Lord and greatly to be praised in His greatness unsearchable. Uh, John Calvin wrote more books than most people will read in their lifetime. John Gill spent more time writing than I do sleeping, it feels like. And yet these men, though they studied, they never found the end of God. Don't tell me you're 30 seconds a day glancing at a devotional means you're solid as a rock. Right. We've got to study. We've got to apply ourselves consistently to God's Word. Consistently to church membership. Consistently to the fellowship of the brethren. Consistently to praising Him. His greatness is unsearchable. All the depths. Oh, Brother, it's great once you just get to study and then you study and you study and you find yourself lost in the study of God. Also very humbling as you study who He is. Notice we've not talked about the goodness of God yet. He starts with the greatness of God. One generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts. I think there one generation shall praise thy works to another. First of all, there's a, a glaring picture here. Parents ought to be teaching their children the wondrous works of God. Not only that, Men and women ought to pass that down to the next generation, to the next generation. I think somewhat of church history and how those men and women love the Lord and they pass it down. They pass it down. There's always been a remnant that served God. And now we have a small part in that. Here in 2021, here in Henry County, we've got a very small part to spread that to the next generation. To tell the next one. To tell the next one. To tell the next one. I think also of Rahab over there some 40 years later and she's still trembling at the flood when the Egyptians was tore out of there. I think of uh, Noah and the great flood. You tell that to most atheists, supposed atheists, and they'll say, yeah, I've heard that story before. It's not a story, it's a account. It really happened. Greater is mighty works. I think of like... George Whitfield as he preached across America and Europe and as the Lord saved souls great are his mighty works one generation shall praise thy works to another and shall declare thy mighty acts friends what do we spend time telling people about who you talk about most says a lot about who you're thinking about and who you care about and what you really want to do Christianity is not five minutes on Sunday 
That's who we are. We ought to be characterized by the praise that flows out of our mouth. We ought to be a different and a strange people. We've got to study. We've got to tell people. We've got to proclaim the goodness of God and the works of God. I will speak of the glorious honor of Thy majesty and of Thy wondrous works. Think of His wondrous works. Think of creation. Think of salvation. Think of the plan of redemption that was fulfilled in Christ. Think of all the situations of providence where God worked especially in your life in a providential way. God's people ought to be characterized by these things. I will speak of the glorious honor of Thy majesty and of Thy wondrous works. Listen to this. And men shall speak of the might of Thy terrible acts. And I will declare Thy greatness. And I will declare Thy greatness. We think of Sodom and Gomorrah. We think of uh, the flood of Noah. We think of the Red Sea. We think of uh, different people through history and times where God worked in a uh, terrible and a great way. We ought to declare these things to the glory of God's greatness, who He is, how He hates sin, how He's far above us, how He's perfect in holiness, how He's perfect in righteousness. Not only that of the great and final judgment day where the lost shall be eternally damned. They shall abundantly under the memory of Thy great goodness and shall sing of Thy righteousness. Now we've spent some time talking about the greatness of God and His judgment and His wrath towards sin, His holiness. Holiness being that He's separate from us. He's different than us. He's above us. He's pure and righteous. We've talked of all those things. And listen, before we go on, there's the problem with a lot of people today that either they focus on the goodness of God and they say, well, God is love and God is mercy and God is grace. And they bring Him down to this little, and I, I don't mean this in a funny way, but like a hippie God that just loves everything and is okay with everything. And then you get the idea of, well, if God is so loving and so great and so miraculous, why wouldn't He love me? We've brought Him down to someone He's not. And then you've got the people on the other side of the road that try to get out of that ditch and they only speak of His greatness and His wrath. Friends, His attributes cannot be divorced from each other. He is great and He is good. And these are divinely married in heaven that they'll never separate. God cannot contradict Himself. He is who He is. And so let us look now that we've heard of the greatness of God. Let us humbly consider His goodness. They shall abundantly utter the memory of Thy great goodness and shall sing of Thy righteousness and all that God has done. Being abundantly gracious to His people. His great goodness look no further than to the cross where God the Father punished under His full wrath Jesus Christ to save all those that will call upon Him. To save His people from their sins. Think of that. Think of the fact that though we sin, though we've openly rebelled against Him and God has been good to us and gracious and merciful 
long-suffering. Think of the fact that none of us have to go hungry. Think of the fact that we have air to breathe, a place to live, shelter, clothing. All these good things come from the Lord. The Lord takes care of His people. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger and of great mercy. Think of this, that if the Lord wasn't gracious and full of compassion and slow to anger and of great mercy, the great God that we just endeavored to look at would be a scary God to be even the thought of until you think of His goodness. And we praise the Lord for that. We thank Him. The Lord is good to all and His tender mercies are over all His works. All thy works shall praise thee, O Lord. And thy saints shall bless thy name. All his works shall praise him. At the end, all of his works shall praise him. O Lord, and thy saints shall bless thee. Skip down with me to verse number 14. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, and raiseth up all that be bowed down. The Lord upholdeth all that fall, not those that. Listen, if you're saved by the grace of God, you may fall, and you may fall hard. But you won't fall away. You won't fall finally. He'll uphold you. He raiseth up those that be bowed down. Those that be bowed down under the temptation of sin. Those that be bowed down at the stress and the trials of life. He raises them up. The eyes of all wait upon thee. And thou givest them their meat in due season. Has God not been good to us? Worthy is the Lord to be praised. Worthy is the Lord to be praised. Thou openest thine hand and satisfy the desire of every living thing. Think of this. The Bible says those that delight themselves in the Lord, He should give you what you want. What do you want? You want the Lord. Your desires change when you delight yourself in the Lord and think how He's given us what we need. He's given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. He's blessed us with spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. He satisfied the desire of our soul that we didn't even know we had in giving us His Son. The Lord is righteous in all His ways. Here we get back to greatness. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Verse number 17. The Lord is righteous in all His ways and holy in all His works. Think of this. What is the most commonly heard objection to God being righteous in all His ways? Well, why is He elect? Why is election a thing? Why does He choose some and pass over others? The Lord is righteous in all His ways. Friend, I've got a better question for you. Looking at how good God is and how great God is, why does He save the first heathen that rebels against Him? Why does He have mercy to one, but He has mercy to thousands and thousands and thousands to His praise and glory? The Lord is righteous in election, holy in salvation. He's not only righteous and just in these things, He's just and the justifier of all those that believe on Him. How so? He doesn't have to compromise justice to save sinners. He doesn't just look at you and say, it's okay, it was a uh uh-oh, whoopsie, everything's fine. But knowing that He's just, there must have been a payment paid, and that payment was upon the Lord Jesus Christ. That's how holy God forgives unholy man. That's how uh, forgiveness is 
brought out to sinners in a just way. Back now to His goodness. The Lord is nigh to all them that call upon Him. And all that call upon Him in truth. The Lord is nigh to all that call upon Him. To all that call upon Him in truth. Think now. Transcendent God. Great God. Holy God. Just God. God who is angry with sin and hates sin. God who is far above us. God who we cannot even understand the depths of who He is. The God who... Listen, the reason we're in trouble is not... We're not sinners because we've sinned. We sin because we're sinners. The problem is not so much in the externals, but of who we are. We are sinners. And the only reason we sin is because that's our nature. That's what we desire to do. And so our problem is in ourselves. And to think that God would condescend to people like that. Listen, this righteous and holy God says in the Scriptures He's not unto all that call upon Him. Amen. If that's not a reason to praise Him, you just don't understand what's going on here. Right. So high, so marvelous, so great. Yet He's not unto them that call upon Him in truth. And not just in the sense that He's omnipresent and everywhere at all times. He's close to the heathen if you want to look at it that way. In His omnipresence. And that He's everywhere at all times in all places. But this is talking about a special closeness in His heart. In the heart. God dwells with His people. All those that call upon Him. There's a close relationship there. There's a love there. Oh, that the God of the universe would take care of little worms like us. Praise His name. Glory be to God. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. He also will hear their cry and will save them. He will fulfill the desire of them that fear Him. What's the desire of them that fear Him? Be with Him. Close to him. How is that possible? Through the sacrificial death, the imputed righteousness of Christ. Not only that, he'll hear our cry. Friend, when you believe that you don't have anybody to talk to, cry out to the Lord. When you feel like he's so far away that he's so high and lifted up, humbly call upon him. He hears the cry of His people and will save them. Now, we don't always get out of everything that happens. We can't just use that and say, well, we'll get out of everything. No, but if it's not a temporary saving, He saved us eternally. He saved us eternally. Back now to His greatness. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him but all the wicked will He destroy. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him. If you're His, you're His. He holds you. He preserves you. Jesus said of Himself that He is the Good Shepherd. All that the Father has given Him, He shall lose none. We've got an eternal hope. And His name is Jesus Christ. He is the Good Shepherd. He is 
and our Father loves us. We've, we've been given by a spirit of adoption. We cry, Abba, Father. He's not going to kick us away. The Lord preserveth all them that love Him. But all the wicked will He destroy. Look at the justice of God. God is just. Those outside of Christ will be destroyed. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. Listen, He's concluded this and we'll go back to His kingdom, but listen, He's concluded my mouth... Now we've talked about the greatness of God. We've talked about the goodness of God. My mouth shall speak the praise of the Lord and let all flesh bless His holy name forever and ever. No exception. We don't really need a reason why. Bless the Lord because of who He is. Bless Jehovah God. Praise Him. Bless His holy name forever. As we said before, His name implies who He is, His greatness, His His majesty, His character, His attributes. Praise His holy name forever and ever. Bow the knee. Stop you stubborn man. Stop you stubborn woman from praising everyone else and forgetting God. Shame on us when we get so excited about everything else and yet here is God. Whatever. Shame on us. Friends, how do we praise the Lord? How do we bless His holy name? I've heard this before. Our praise only goes as high as our knowledge. Knowledge is not the big scary enemy. Knowledge is a good thing. To know God is to praise God rightly. To study Him is to excel in a a more humble and a more God-exalting praise. In other words, our theology is grounds for our doxology. Our knowing of God, our knowing of doctrine, our knowing of theology is what propels our praise. As the charismatics would say that you know they get all excited and hoop and holler about very shallow things. They have very shallow worship. Shallow this, shallow that. Am I against emotion? No. I believe there should be emotion, but our emotion is driven from what we know. More importantly, who we know. And what we know about Him. And that ought to get you excited. That ought to make you feel something inside to know that the great God of heaven has thought about you and put His affection upon you. Do you not have affection for Him? Do you not have love for Him? Lastly, friends, we've looked at the greatness of God. We've looked at the the goodness of God. What's the last? Well, what's another, the last thing we'll look at? As David's psalm of praise. Look with me in verse number eleven. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom, and talk of thy power, to make known to the sons of men his mighty acts and his glorious majesty of his kingdom. 
Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom, and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. They shall speak of the glory of thy kingdom and talk of thy power. Satan does not reign and rule. He's not in control of the things that go on in our realm. He only has as much power as God would allow. The one that rules and reigns is Jesus Christ. He is presently reigning and He shall reign until all of His enemies be made His footstool. He is King of kings and He is Lord of lords. David who wrote this under inspiration was talking about His kingdom, God's kingdom and His power, God's power. And he said His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. David died and someone else took the throne. Trump is gone. Biden will be gone one day. I don't get caught up in that because though they're in the office, God is on the throne. God raises up kings and God casts them down. But friend, listen to this. There is nobody casting God off the throne. There is nobody before Him. There shall be nobody after Him. He rules, He reigns, and He is mighty. And He is an everlasting kingdom. And He has dominion throughout all generations. God is in control. The greatest thought that I can think of that brings peace to my heart when everything seems to be going awry is that God is sovereign. God rules. And that way I don't have to worry about anything else. Because He does all things well. But friend, you don't understand. He does all things well. But brother, I don't understand why this happened. God does all things well. But friend, it, it hurts. God does all things well. God does all things good. He has an everlasting kingdom. He's not going to be overthrown tomorrow. I don't have to go to sleep tonight. Man, I I really hope God's in control tomorrow. He reigns. He reigns. All that being said, I will extol thee, my God, O King. I'll bless thy name forever and ever. We have no excuses. We have no reasons to quit. We only have a reason to praise the Lord. And it is written in everything that He is. Study Him. Know Him. Search who He is.